Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Soon the Ontario Liberals will have a new leader, uh, but will it be enough to unify the party and bring it back to where it once was? Uh, A debate the other night, the last of which, uh, and then it's moving on uh, into their uh, leadership convention, which is uh, happening on March 7th. To talk more about all of this, Sabrina Nanji is with us, Queen's Park today, and is with us now. Thank you so much for the time, Sabrina. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. This is one of those stories that people say, what, who, what's going on? Are you surprised uh, at the lack of interest or how much interest this has generated? Uh, no, not not at all surprised. Um, I think even, even card-carrying liberals who this race uh, is about, essentially, uh, have been calling it a little bit of a snooze fest. Um, the, there are six candidates currently running, and because the liberal system is a delegated convention, uh, that means that at the riding level, you vote for a delegate, and that person represents you at the convention uh, early next month. They, they, we kind of already know the results, and you know, Stephen Del Duca, the former liberal transportation minister, uh, is is basically has it in the bag. So that's why it's a snooze fest is because uh, we pretty much know who, who, who has this, who's going to take this at the end? That, that's part of it. I mean, it's, you know, it, it's not over till it's over. There's a lot of things that, that could happen. Um, you know, he still needs to get all the delegates. He has an overwhelming, um, you know, a number of delegates uh, heading to the convention on March 7th. So, you know, there, there's a lot of things that could happen. He still needs to get his delegates to the convention in Mississauga. Um, there, there could be some protests. I haven't really heard much about that. Um, but, you know, in, in past years, we've had some people eating their ballots. So, you know, uh, Why would they be protesting? Um, in, in past years, I guess maybe if they, if they weren't happy with the choice. But at right. this point, it seems like everyone seems to be behind Stephen Del Duca, who, uh, you know, I, has, has a lot of political baggage, but he is you know, somewhat trying to renew the party in in saying that, you know, in 2018, he thought they went too far left. So he is trying to bring the party more towards the center and, and you know, maybe refresh uh, its platform somewhat. But he does have a lot of political baggage that he's carrying. So it's um, it's a little bit of, of both sides. Of Many said that that political baggage when he announced his candidacy way back when, that mm-hmm. that would slow him down and perhaps not made him a favorite. But then it didn't seem that many jumped into the race. Are you, uh, Talk a little bit about that political baggage. Will that hinder him, do you think? And, and what that is? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the short version is that when uh, Delduca was the transportation minister, uh, the auditor general found that he inappropriately influenced his staff to fudge an expert report, basically, to build the Kirby Go station in Vaughan. Um, you know, the auditor general pointed out that as transportation minister, you have the power to direct Metrolinx to essentially do whatever you want. Um, you know, he did say that his constituents wanted transit you know that's why he was voted in that 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 is you know seems to be a a legitimate reason to tell Metrolinx to build a go station there but instead of doing that he sort of went behind the scenes and got the experts to change their advice to to justify this go station and and you know over the weekend the PCs held their policy convention in Niagara Falls and we heard Premier Doug Ford already gunning you know not by name but he did sort of allude to Stephen Del Duca he said you know we're our 2022 campaign starts today. He said that, you know, the same people who are running for the liberal leadership candidate are the same people who are at the table with Dalton McGinty and Kathleen Wynne. So Stephen Del Duca, you know, will have to answer for some of the um, past liberal scandals that 
that left them decimated in the 2018 election. What? They're currently, the, so, sorry, they're currently, you know, the same number of candidates as there are sitting liberals. So right. you know, that that is just a sense of where the party's at right now. They definitely need to start on a major rebuilding effort. Um, why is he uh, Del Duca the favorite? Is he the favorite because of his performance or because he's the favorite out of the six that are running? Yeah, I, I mean, what liberals, what I'm hearing from liberals is, is they really like Del Duca because mainly because he's a stellar fundraiser. Um, he's had that reputation for a long time. You know, he's been in the party basically since he was a teenager. As soon as he was old enough to uh, purchase his liberal card, he did. Um, that's that's what the party needs right now. It's almost $10 million in debt. Um, they were historically brutally defeated in the last election. And he doesn't have a seat right now. And he says that he's committed to running in Vaughn, currently held by Michael Tribolo, uh, the Minister of Mental Health. Uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. So, you know, barring a by-election, Stephen Del Duca is not going to be in the House over the next two years. He says that he's going to be, you know, working on building the party from the outside. So he can be a full-time, you know, uh, uh, advocate for the party. He can work on building their arsenal for 2022. I think that's why liberals like him. But um, uh, yeah, I think that maybe even some of the NDP and PCs like him too, just because they have, uh, they can already, you know, link him to some past liberal scandals. Uh, should they be doing more to publicize this, or is it a low-key event? I mean, we, we really didn't hear much of this race, uh, hardly of that. As you said, Stephen Del Duca, the favorite, uh, pretty much from the onset, and, and, and that's been it. Should there have been more to generate interest in this, or do they want to kind of keep this under the radar, do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I think they would like to, to you know, have some more attention paid to this, because part of it is, uh, that you need to buy a member, you needed to buy a membership. Uh, there was a certain cutoff a couple months ago. And so if you, if you are trying, you know, in two years to woo the general public, then, you know, maybe now you can recruit some more liberal members, you know, they buy a two year membership for 20 bucks. They, they do, they have increased their, their party, uh, ranks by almost, almost 10,000. So, or, or sorry, 20,000, they now have almost 40,000 members. And, you know, before the leadership race kicked off, it was about 10,000 members. So they, they, they would want to have, you know, people paying attention, but uh, it's not a very sexy or dramatic race, you know, compared to the Ontario PCs. The, they all seem to be, you know, in consensus. They're all one big liberal family. There, there are a few policy proposals that they, they, you know, uh, maybe sort of disagree with, but but at the end of the day, they're all liberals. There's no real controversy. It's um, it's more of a uh, consensus debate than than real debates that we've been watching. You mentioned uh, last night. It, mm. it was uh, not not very. It sounded I, more like a love-in than a debate. It's um, so, it sounded yeah. more like a love-in than a debate. Essentially, right? Yeah, that's essentially it. They're they're all they're all on the the liberal team and. Uh, I think even now with with Del Duca, you know, seeming to have it in the bag, they uh, it's no no one is really being controversial or speaking out about that right now. Do you think that's because they of uh, the limited amount of seats that they have and, and not official party status even at this point? Do you think that has something to do with this? That could be part of it. Yeah, I mean, they even their their policy proposals. They just seem to be there. There are a few bold ones, for instance, you know, fair free transit. Not every not every candidate agrees with that. Uh, that's coming from Michael Cotto, who's a current sitting MPP. Um, Alvin Tejjo, who's never um, held po- political office before. He's a complete newbie. He um, he's proposing, you know, to abolish the Catholic school board funding. 
So those are some bold proposals, but essentially everyone is sort of playing opposition right now, just talking about reversing some of the PC policies and, um, and you know, it might take two years to see like what a, a substantial platform would look like. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. I remember seeing a poll not too long ago where the Liberals were polling ahead of the Conservatives provincially, and that was without even a leader. Are they hoping they can waltz through this one? Yeah, I, that's the other interesting thing. You know, we've even heard Doug Ford when he when he was talking to the party, his own party loyalists over the weekend, that that he didn't mention Andrea Horvath. He's sort of talking about, you know, fighting the Liberals, and, and they are more competitive than the NDP, which is the official opposition right now. What's funny is one of the polls had said that the leader, the leaderless Liberals were, were outpacing the PCs in yeah. popularity, but then when Del Duca's name was thrown in, they lost some points, and the PCs were leading again. Mm. So, I mean, you know, the, the only poll that politicians will tell you the only poll that matters is on election day, but there, there might, it might be something that Stephen Del Duca ha, uh, has to face as, a, as one challenge. Will this next election be the Liberals' election to lose, considering where the PCs are now? I think they have the most to gain in, in 2022. That's yeah. certainly what the polls are suggesting. They, they lack party status now. We actually have two by-elections coming up on Thursday in Ottawa, Vanier, and Orleans. You know, these, are, these have been Liberal ridings from the get-go. So they, they stand to have two more seats. That, that seems to be where it's going this Thursday. You know, still not close enough to get to party status. But, um, you know, people are saying that in 2018, it was the reason, part of the reason why the NDP had such a strong showing was because people were voting against the Liberals. And so I think, uh, you know, they, they have a real chance to gain some ground and maybe make it back to official opposition or, or um or, yeah, I guess make a dent in the NDP in the NDP ranks. I remember having uh, Premier Kathleen Wynne on the show a couple of times and, and, and posing this question to her uh, that she seemed to keep taking the party further and further and further to the left, trying to cut the NDP off at the pass. And was she neglecting the center for this? You mentioned with Stephen Del Duca, he seems to be more of a centrist candidate. Is that the party reacting to to perhaps the last premier taking it too far to the left, trying to cut off the NDP? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know people had had talked about Kathleen Wynne trying to outlast the NDP, and yeah. she, she had even referred to herself, you know, as a social justice premier. Um, Del Duca has said he thought the party went too far left. Not all of the candidates agree with that, but he might be trying to capture some conservatives who might not like, you know, how the the Ford government's direction, and they might be considering, you know, uh, the Liberals over the over the NDP. And I think he's probably trying to capture some of those voters. What about Kathleen Wynne? Uh, will we hear more or, or anything from her during this process, uh, specifically during the leadership uh, uh, convention and such? Where where is she in all of this? She's, I mean, she's she's staying neutral, but it's funny because a lot of people in her camp are uh, have have picked their their players. There are many people who were on Team Kathleen Wynne that have gone uh, are working on Kate Graham's campaign. Kate Graham is uh, a 35 year old woman, the youngest candidate in the race. She's from London. Uh, she has people like Pat Sorbera, uh, Deb Matthews, you know, even Kathleen Wynne's son, Chris Catherwaite, is is working on her campaign. So. So uh, she's got a lot of support there, but Kathleen Wynne herself has, you know, is staying neutral, and, and that is typical for the former leader. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if, I guess, 
people might think that Kathleen Wynne weighing in on it might, just because of what happened in the last election, might impact them one way or another. They might not be too happy about it. But I think Kathleen Wynne, um, she she is just staying staying neutral for it for it in any sense. Is Kathleen but, Wynne still a detriment to the Liberals at this point? I mean, you know, if, if you're if you're picking Stephen Del Duca to be the leader, and we're heading into uh, the year before, a couple of years before the next election campaign, do you want Kathleen Wynne playing a prominent role here? It sounds like Del Duca might not want that. You know, he he does didn't seem doesn't seem to agree with the direction that the government that the yeah, well at the time the government the Liberal government had gone in 2018. Um, you know, Ka- Kathleen Wynne had been informally making calls on on Kate Graham's behalf, um, and she's she's not on Team Del Duca. Uh, it doesn't appear to be that way, but um, I'm not sure if we'll hear her saying, you know, definitively one way or another how she feels. How will Stephen Del Duca answer to these uh, the past baggage, as you referred to it, uh, in regard to that transit uh, misappropriation or whatever you want to call it? I guess, sorry, in, in the end, he was trying to influence uh, experts who were uh, providing information, correct? Right. Yeah, that's right. So uh, he actually wrote an op-ed in the Toronto Star after the Auditor General's report in 2018, and he basically said he had no regrets and he would do it all over again. He said, you know, I'm I was elected, you know, on by constituents who wanted transit, and I did that. But essentially, he he could have done that. And yeah, but doing and, that and fudging the numbers are two totally different right, things. Which which is what the problem was, I think. So I I'm not sure if that op-ed, you know, was the best in terms of optics. He'll he'll certainly have to answer for that as well, because it's sort of like, do you recognize, you know, the, the problem with, um, you know, inappropriate influence. And I think, you know, a lot of people, when they think of liberal scandals, you know, that's, that is not something that, uh, that is something that, that will be a detriment to them too. You know, it's, uh, I'm not sure if, if Del Duca is maybe changing his response to that now, it's certainly a question that, that we'll, that we'll be asking. And, um, I know the opposition will, will definitely be, or sorry, the PCs and the his political opposition, his political rivals, the PCs and the NDP will for sure be, be bringing that up, and I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Uh, how do we explain um, what some would say, you said a snooze fest or a, or a, <laughs> uh, a, a sleepy field, um, uh, many with, if, if you want to compare it to federal politics, uh, and getting back to Andrew Scheer and how he ended up leader of the Conservatives, uh, many prominent Conservatives didn't want to run again against uh, the Prime Minister, thinking he would just automatically get two terms. How do we explain the weak field here? Like, or is there somebody of notoriety that that didn't show up, that didn't want to do this, or yeah, there, because there of the last be, because of the around. last showing with with being you know annihilated in the last situation that they want to go fresh here. Yeah, it's I, I guess because you know because what happened in 2018 was so brutal. It is um, it's a huge feat to be a leader, and there will be you know like you have a huge responsibility to try and build them back up for 2022. Um, I think, uh, you know, some of the candidates now they're talking about how this race is one of the most diverse races. There's, you know, half the candidates are people of color, half the candidates are women. They're young. They're all young. I'm told the the threshold in politics is is 60. So if you're under 60, you're you're a young young politician, Mm. you know, Um, but what they sort of fail to mention is that even though this race is, is diverse, they 
it's basically already won by um, the the white guy and who has yeah. you know has all this history and yeah. with the liberal party. So so I think co- compared to other to other parties, also the delegated convention does does play a part in it. The liberal the Ontario Liberals rejected going to a one member one vote system, which is how most other political parties in the country do it. Uh, I think that might have given some newcomers so-called underdogs a little bit of a better shot at the convention um but that failed so because of the delegated system uh i think that that gives del duca a a leg up uh doug ford has spent the uh first year or two of his uh of his term uh with some pretty tough medicine for everybody what do you think this race is going to look like if it is del duca and ford duking it out in the next election I, th- I think there will be a lot of talk about uh, scandals on, on both sides. You know, um, uh, Doug Ford has has always has talked about you know liberals getting rich. I'm not sure if if that is actually what happened. You know, he had a select committee that didn't quite come to the same conclusion. But he, I think, the same reasons why people rejected the liberals so um, strongly in 2018 is is part of why the PCs did so well. Mm-hmm. And and Doug Ford can just keep pounding that message forward. Um, Del, Del Duca can appeal, is trying to appeal to the centrist voters, hopefully trying to capture some people that maybe don't agree with, you know, Doug Ford's policies. And, and you can see even some Tories have had some, some criticisms about, about how Fort Nation and uh, the PCs have been running things. You know, we saw in the first budget, they had to do some backtracking and, there is a new budget coming up next month. So we might, and they have been talking about a different tone, a more balanced approach. So I think maybe the Liberals and the PCs will both be um, talking more about a balanced approach, moving more towards the center, uh, and, and it'll make it a, a definitely a more competitive race. Have any of the Liberal parties. candidates talked about the current situation with teacher strikes and how they may handle that moving forward? We all remember yeah, that Dalton uh, McGuinty was the teacher's premier until he wasn't anymore, and that's how he ended up with Dalton or with uh, Kathleen Wynne, and we all know what happened there. So, who 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 are friends and foe here? It's yeah, I think you know the leadership candidates are are talking about essentially just reversing everything that the PCs are doing. Um, you know, they're talking about reversing cuts and things like that. I haven't really seen beyond, you know, abolishing the Catholic board, which doesn't technically really have much to do with, you know, what's going on in bargaining right now. That's been one of the old policies in education, but there hasn't really been any, um, it's more criticizing than creating right now. And and they, they can do that because they are really just trying to woo liberals at this point, there hasn't really been any um, major substantial proposals on education. Um, they they are pretty vague about it. Like, okay, we're gonna we would bargain in in good faith. Like, sort sort of yeah. vague things that you know the government already says it's doing. Uh, the the liberals, you know, have had their fair share of drama with the teachers. So, and it, it is has partially led to you know the problems that we're seeing mm. today too. Uh, but yeah, there there hasn't really been. Um, much beyond criticizing this current government, which, you know, as a, an opposition party, they, they they can be doing. Sabrina Nanji has been with us. Queen's Park today. And make sure you're watching Global News tonight at 530 and 6 for on more on all of this. Sabrina, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Always a pleasure, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.